out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon. Day 10 of 100 days of Colin. Last 10 days, my fellow Americans and people who listen from other places that are not America. So um, I just wanted to say quickly that it's it's kind of a kind of a day to, of of uh, harsh realities that are, are setting in. You know, we're still in the in the throes of inflation. We have an, a non penitent president who's not conforming to the will of the people, which is like we don't want to be ruled under grinding poverty. Uh, will you change anything, Biden? No. Ah. Uh, Okay, since he's going to be a bastard, uh, we have, we elected marginally more Republicans than we, you know, more, but not as much as we anticipated so that it would counterbalance things. Some of them weren't that useful to begin with. Let's just be honest. I mean, politicians are politicians. You know, if they're doing the work, it's good. But if they're not, it doesn't matter. So there's we have to kind of workshop like what we're going to do to kind of move the needle. It just so happens that I am situated in what they call an extraterritorial jurisdiction for the city of Austin. And that puts me, you know, Manchac has a, has an interesting civic history. Um, we're, we're being thrown to, to the tender mercies of the city commissioner's office for, for uh, you know, things like, fire police and camera systems that magically appear in the middle of the night. So, <clears throat> so in order to kind of remediate some of these things, I've, I've been working with the HOA whom I, who faithfully got elected. So my next door neighbor is now the HOA president. <laughs> uh, uh, and so we're going to have like a powwow at some point really soon about what to do about this jurisdictional issue. And that will, that will probably throw me into local politics more deeply. I spent 25 minutes on the phone with the elections commissioner who, who was very careful to explain most of this to me. And it was just was hard news. Like I, I didn't want to believe, I don't want to believe this uh, because I, it just means that I didn't get a ballot. I didn't get a ballot on the local elections and that's who made that decision. Well, the city of Austin made that decision because they haven't annexed you yet. Well, oh, I have to be annexed, you know, but, but my city is Austin. Uh, but they haven't traditionally annexed you yet because you are that far th- south thrown into the southernness of, of Austin. So this is hyper local politicking I'm, I'm doing here. So I'm going to send out some. Gonna issue some time to the room. So let's see if we can send send out some post an update. Come on, come be revolting with me, peasants. KLBJ is just. I think that they're just regurgitating talking points from old Tucker Carlson videos. I think they feel so hopeless right now because they're turning into Seattle. That's why. So um, I do have mercy upon them. But this time I'm not going to let let this shit just happen because I live here now. We have property here now. I can't just roll over and go, eh, you know, I don't want to be here anyway. I live here, so I, I have stake and I have skin in the game. 
in a there's a school district and two fire stations near me and yet we are not in city limits what does that say Okay. And, and I'm going to complain a little bit more because like, I don't know how long this area has been kind of like in this twilight of representation as far as district five goes, because it is a traditionally Hispanic district, you know, with, well, it has absorbed a lot of Hispanics, um, for the area. They're all, they're here. They're here. It's not South Texas, but they're here. You know, they're really strong in representation competing with, the interest of communist, you know, enclaves in East Austin who are Hispanic, but also communist and unbelievable. So we need to kind of get up, get a little bit more representation there. Don't, don't get talked down to by uh, the people in, <clears throat> in the city of Austin. So I guess it will be a matter of organizing and getting more engaged in, in public discourse. But, um, I don't have a reading for you today. Unfortunately, I'm just here in my, um, So that was a just an interrupted call. So anyways, uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, City of Austin also elected somebody who's super progressive from their District 35 to, to go represent this area. I don't think that is a good sign. Um, it's definitely a bad sign. So uh, if we're getting pulled this far left, I might just pull from the larger pot of Republican resources I've been on the fence about whether or not to become a partisan Republican or not. Uh, as an independent, I always have more leeway, of course, as a voter. But since I'm on the outskirts of all voting and all representation, I might actually go for the the hard, you know, representation as far as like red Texas to try to get some resources back in the game because we don't have any. <laughs> I mean, we have infrastructure and we have shopping centers and we have all this, but we don't have representation. And, and I'm kind of a, you know, so I'm beginning to get the sense that this is kind of more like Hayes County politics. And unfortunately, when I called over to Hayes County today, which is traditional rural uh, Texas, uh, it is, it's now underneath uh, a big blue wave. And that's depressing. I had that feeling that it would not be good as far as a uh, elections postmortem. But the candidate that I did fund, Ms. Carrie Isaac, did win. She did win for uh, local representation in the state house. So she's going to be working with Greg Abbott on taxes and getting the tax, um, tax filet down because they be, they be taxing the hell out of us. You can own your property here in Texas locally and the tax that you pay on the home that you on land that you own that may has have been in your family for a long long time uh, will be larger than a mortgage and and if you can't afford the taxes then you lose your land so that is the peasantry that we are facing here 
Um, and it should not be happening in Texas. People should be able to hang on to their family land. And so he's interested, Greg Abbott is interested in doing something about that. It's, it's top of mind in the local elections. So, uh, sending out a lot of government employment applications today. <laughs> uh oh, got active. Whoops. You know, oh, geez, I'm still by myself. Let's see if we can get some more people in here. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, direct message. You know, would it be okay if I were like the Republican? I don't know how I feel about that at the moment because I've been so awfully anti Republican in the past. Ugh. Um, and, and in fact, I was enlisted with strong democratic uh throngs and strongholds in in southern california and la you know i just don't know how i feel about that you know being being here in texas is good but you know being democrat has completely transformed into basically a parody of being communist in america you know i i feel i feel okay about making that likeness I feel okay about it. <clears throat> and that's that's unfortunate, but you know, sometimes the truth really kind of hurts. <sighs> and um so there's ways to kind of work together with the local populations. I think the local populations that are being absorbed from these de-residencies de all over the place don't yet know um, what they could be offered from traditional Texas politics. They, they, don't, they don't know. So I think that the chore for locals is to give them that tour and to help them understand that one of the benefits of being a, a free Texan and to keep Texas, Texas, and not allow it to become, say, Gavin Newsom's California. Uh, <clears throat> because there were so many refugees who came from there. And you know what? A lot of them are already turned. They're pre-turned. They're just, they're just waiting for the right opportunity for uh, civic engagement to turn around and, and make that clinch. You know... They, they may not have been directly Trump voters or, or something like that. Some of them were Trump voters. They're like, you know, the way that Gavin Newsom handled me has, has turned me forever. I latched on to the, the coattails of Donald Trump's policies and, and I will never, never look back because I've been burned so badly by bad land management and, and overtaxation and, the California Franchise Tax Board and uh, homeless people crapping on my lawn and not having a lawn because I can't afford a house because it's just street in front of the street. Never mind. I'm leaving California. That's what that was. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping in the future. You know, all those people are coming to Texas. They, they are here now. They are trying to, to begin again and announce themselves as, as new Texans. 
<clears throat> but they've got they've got some background there and they they need support in knowing what their Texas political and policy options are. So 2024 is coming up. You know, don't be a good peasant. Get out there, start banging on doors and taking taking an assessment of what you want to do with your with your time and your life. You know, I'm kind of freebasing the uh, the narrative here today, but I think that I'm I'm still aggrieved. I'm still kind of recovering uh, from a fair amount of electoral. Uh, 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 it didn't quite go as as I thought. The, the Hayes County takedown. The blue wave that 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 washed over neighboring Hayes County was a big surprise to me. And it can be when I say door knocking, I really mean it. These Republican voters were like, oh, it's going to be a red wave. Let's not do anything. So they didn't come out and vote. And so the prevailing vote for that county was blue, unfortunately. So they, they literally went to sleep on this one. They literally went to sleep. So they haven't been there. It, now, it doesn't mean that it's going to stay blue forever. You know, if we get out there and we do our work, you know, rural counties are tough to serve for, for, but we have resources and, <clears throat> and good representation. And we just have to make the case for, for good and decent representation, either independent, Republican or libertarian, you know, but it can't be Democrat. It cannot be Democrat. Because their policies suck. You know, they just, they just can't. They just suck. People didn't come here to have California part two <laughs> or Seattle part two. Okay. Uh, God. So, um, <clears throat> you know, if anybody wants to call in, let me see who's with me. Oh, Charlie. Did Charlie change his icon? Is this the same Charlie that we're, we know of and, and speak of with great love on this program because he's a technical person. Oh yes, it is Charlie Weiser. Welcome Charlie Weiser. I see that you've, you've put your, are you on a boat? Are you on a boat on the bay? That looks good. It's a good look for you. We're in the Ukraine sweater. <laughs> okay. So, uh, anyways, being on a boat's good. Ah, so as far as being, you know, don't be a good peasant, be a revolting one. See if we can get a few more bodies, body, body count in here if we can. I'm going later on. The reason why I'm doing this now versus not doing it is I'm going to go see Joe Rogan at the Creek in the Cave tonight. It's going to be, it's going to be kind of tough to get in there, I think, because there, I would imagine that there, there will be a strong line and then people are like, no, I want to get in. And then I'll have to wait a long time. So I'm going to wear nice, comfortable shoes and stand in line with a bunch of people who want to be made happy by comedy. So that's going to be good. La, 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 spooling brick. Sending out all the invitations to my show or whatever is left of it. I got to get through 30 minutes of this. 30 minutes every day. That is the weight training for public radio, for public public speaking. We got it. We did bureaucratic weight training. 
did 25 minutes on the phone with this with the Travis County Elections Division, <sighs> learning about the limits of what the ballot can do. Um, that was not fun, but I did it. I did it, and then I told my HOA president that that's what we got to do. I was like, and we begin serious 2024 uh, considerations and our weight training. 2022, which is this year. It's still this year, by the way. 2022 is still this year. <clears throat> In the event that it's not over, this is the time that you get, get, uh, get schvelt. You get ripped in your your skill set for the 2024 election. In a bear market, I expect there to be a lot more antics. Hopefully things will calm down. But if they don't, then it will get worse. <laughs> like, well, if we're not falling from 16 floors, I'm sorry, we're going to be falling from 40 floors. I'm sorry to give you the bad news. That's the truth. It's not going to be a fun fall. Ah! Um, <clears throat> so we are in 17 minutes in. You know, it's it's beginning to cool off a little bit here in Austin, which is good. Uh, but it's not cool enough for my taste. It's it's really cloudy today. I don't know whether that's just the power of people's humor, but it is also. Um, a good day for birds. Got a visitation from a Mexican eagle today. Came to, he just swooped right in. I was saying hello to some other birds and he just, just, he's like, Hey, how you doing? He roosted right in my tree. And he's like, what's up? And I'm like, how you doing? You know, and we had our greeting. And then, like I said, it's a great day for birds. Bunch of, uh, bunch of sparrows, house sparrows, just lighted on the bush in front of me like, hey, we want to make it in the broadcast as well. Don't forget about us. Don't forget about us. And then, of course, the grackles want a piece of the action, too. So, do you know what a grackle is? Well, that is the local bird. Not a bat. Bats are not a bird, but that's an Austin aerial phenomenon that is known throughout the, the region and worldwide for people who Come to tourist at Austin. There are there the Mexican freetail bats who've made their home underneath the freeway. A lot of, a lot of Mexican fowl here in avian nature. Not a bad look, honestly, unless you get underneath one of the trees and then of course there's gonna be grackle spackle all over your hood. <laughs> and they're musical. Listen to this. Sing for me, guys. There you go. You're on live, whatever this is. <laughs> Social audio. <laughs> they have kind of a have kind of a chirping laugh, which is kind of a cool cool sound. I'm not even sure you could hear that, but they are loud, noisy birds. So again, it's all about Texas today. Just just recuperating. Just getting underneath the, uh, uh, trying trying to stay stay grounded, you know. Because I I told I called somebody from Kays County today. She's like I was at, at the polls watching it all go down 
I'm like, I can't believe you're telling me this horror story. No, she's totally traumatized. And she's like, yeah, I was watching it all go down. I can't believe the Republicans just didn't show up, blah, 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 you know? And I was like, oh my God. Cause I had, I had full confidence that, that Hayes County would, would, would carry it. I did. I honestly did. I'm really shocked about that. Of all the things that, you know, I had kind of a feeling about all day, even yesterday, because it wasn't kind of the wave that I thought it was going to be. And, um, but, and it wasn't quite the shellacking that, that the Democrats thought it, it would be. Um, because they, they uh, apparently abortion was a bigger deal than it was characterized as. And I think that that's, that's a mercy call. That's a come to Jesus for the Republican Party. You know, you can, you can be in a pro-life state, but I don't think it should be national policy. And if you do put together a bill, Democrats, you know, make sure it's a bipartisan piece of work or you're going to get rejected by a good chunk of America. You know, as much as they want to make decisions for the whole of America, the decisions that they make are, are kind of bad sometimes. And they're selective about the liberties that they, they volley. Like they don't like first amendment, but they want women to be able to kill their own children. Okay. I, you know, at, at, at any stage. So, I mean, there should be limits to, to, to that, you know, in, within reason. I certainly don't want to make any choices for other women. So I'm pro-choice. Like it'll be your choice and not mine, uh, but I don't want to finance your abortions. That's the other thing is that <clears throat> women are coming over the border and there are reports, confirmed reports that, you know, they are trying to get abortive accommodations for early pregnant women, you know, before they get completely bubbled up. Yeah, there's pre-bubble and post-bubble. There's pre-bubble and bubble before there's a baby. Okay, so if you are in bubble stage, game over. You you're past the abortive window uh, once you've bubbled up. <laughs> so that's definitely over three weeks. Once you start to show baby, once you have start to have real baby happening. Most people will be like, no, no, just, just let it, let it go through, let it come through the gate of life. And, you know, if you want to adopt or keep the baby, that's how it will go. But, you know, don't, don't do it now. Now you're committed. Ugh. you know, ugh. again, I don't want to make any decisions for other women. That is awful. But sometimes government wants to step into that window, but to encourage women like, yes, please abort because that's, that's what pleases us. And that's what gives us academic pleasure. You know, that's just gross. That's just gross. You know, here you are, somebody who may be in a crisis pregnancy situation. Um, you know, you have some decisions to make. None of them are, seem really good at the time. Trust me. They're not good, but you have, there are really fundamentally three options. You can abort the child at a certain stage. Um, you can have the child and adopt out the child, and then you can keep the child and raise the child. Those are the three options. 
And it doesn't have to be about anybody else in most cases, okay? You know, the state doesn't get involved when you go to the hospital. The state doesn't get involved when you're making the, the baby, when you're baking, baking the bun in the oven. You know, they're not involved, not involved, okay? Um, unless you apply for government health care and then, of course, they're involved. Which, you know, I don't, I feel kind of funny about all of it. Honestly, I feel funny about all of it. So whenever I hear about government health care, the immediate concern on the board of, you know, threats of highest concern is like, can I keep this data safe? Can I keep it secure? You know, there's data being generated that is highly sensitive about a pregnancy. How can I keep this data secure? How can I keep it silent from the government, meaning like the government doesn't get at it and to to use for their their policy and political purposes as a statistic or as for some other means that I, I don't green light. It is my information, no one else's. And when I go to a private healthcare facility and use public funding, you know, what is the what is the verge there? What's what's in the, the gap? of protected information. Well, I mean, it should be as classified as it can be. And if it's not, then maybe there's some, some policy gaps that can be filled with lawmaking. In some cases, I think not because the privatized part of the public private healthcare system monetizes data as research, which sprays it to the universe the highest bidder for sale to academia, okay? And sometimes research and academia is how foreign nation states will get access to some of that information, particularly China. Okay, the, the People's Republic of China has had a history of using universities and university research grants to do all kinds of things to, to collate research and, and to reach for it, um, on all kinds of occasions. Why do we want to keep this research away from them? Well, personally, I don't really want, I don't want this information to be used as, as money because it's, it's for greedy purposes. <laughs> it's for greed <laughs> because the data, okay, here it's data here. It's, it's academic research, but it goes over there. It becomes social credit which turns into money and, and you know, it turns into one and then come to someone as cash in, in that exchange system. So if you can, if you can exchange it to yuan, and you can exchange it to rupee and then exchange it to dollars and then it becomes money, Then it just becomes money. So that's why I don't want American women who are using the public healthcare system or any healthcare system, uh, to to slide into that that research brick of ecosystem so that they don't end up, you know, wantonly misused. Plus, the government can actually just come back around. They can bypass HIPAA and buy that information just like they have in other ways as long as it slips into the research brick. So, you know, oh, well, you know, this grant that we, we funded over here, U.S. government, you know, that means that we can qualify 
the, the, the private information research over here. And that's how we'll get it. Why am I so afraid that the government will get my stuff? Because the government is, is reachy and breachy to begin with. I wish they were better custodians of data, but they're not. Okay. And then when they get it, they like to, to preclude that it might be used for something eh, like pre-crime law enforcement, you know, even though you didn't do anything wrong. So, you know, how did we get the notion that this possibly can, well, Bush, you know, again, you know, I, I rock back and forth on that, that queasy boat. Oh, oh, I don't want to do this. Uh, because, you know, Bush still lives in Texas, by the way. He's still in Dallas. You know, he, that's where he lives. And, and neocons are still among us. You know, there are people who still want to use counter-terror budgets for everything. And uh, that's, that's sent us hurtling towards the path of mass surveillance. And then, of course, you know, Mr. Mr. Smooth, Smooth Jazz for Democrats gets elected. Mr. Barack Obama. You know, and then he sends us hurtling down to the absolute flaming asteroid path of destruction to civil liberty. You know, oh, let's surveil everybody like they're a threat, like they're government property, like they have the right to do this. They don't. They don't. So, okay, I've digressed. Here I am. So I've got Gregor and Charlie with me. Hey, Gregor. Did you want to jump up here and give two pennies before I shut this down? He says he's recovering from the Republican Party and... And what, Gregor? You know... Partisan politics is not the solution for all things. It's just not, it's not a panacea. It's just a way to get your, um, <clears throat> it's a means to an end. <laughs> but of course you're, oh, there he is. I'm sure I was going to get two pennies out of this guy. So two your- pennies, I hope anyway. Two, two pennies. Two pennies, at least. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I call myself a recovering Republican. It's funny because I moved, <clears throat> and my dog wants to play too. Apparently, um, excuse me a second, Maggie. Thank you. Come here. She's a. Uh, we have the the evil Amazon guy is probably coming, and he's a murderer. So you know. Um, no, I, I'm a recovering Republican in, in the fact that I moved to the Pacific Northwest from Calif- Southern California, San Diego, uh, six years ago. And uh, I'm in Oregon now and loving it. Thank you for the most part. Um, politics aside, to be honest. So is but this Eastern, Eastern Oregon, Western Oregon? Like I'm in Hillsboro. I'm about 15 minutes south of Portland, you know, of Hell's Own Spawn. Um, but I'm in, I'm in Hillsboro, which I absolutely love. It's a... Uh, you know, it's a two two towns away from Portland. Hey, is that is that far enough away from all the the Institute of Anarchist Studies crap? Yes, yes, it is. And, um, we actually had. Yeah, no, we we don't have that here. Um, went during the height two years ago, a couple of years ago, during the height of the garbage fires. Um, we did had some Antifa show up, and they were graciously surrounded by concerned citizens and the sheriffs and the local police department and told to either get back on the train or be quiet. And they stood around for an hour or two and then got back on the train because there was obviously nothing going to happen here. Um, you know, we have our, our typical Pacific Northwest issues with homelessness. Um, 
and you know the Oregon is now legal everything, so people are dying from drug abuse. And which I'm as a as I'm as a declared libertarian, you know, I'm kind of like you know, if you want to take drugs, it's up to you. But the other side of the coin, finding dead people in the streets, kind of disconcerting. Um, that doesn't seem to happen too much in Hillsboro, but I've noticed in the news it's been in the news a lot in Portland, um, where they've you know the number of bodies they find in homeless camps or whatever because somebody just does goes to sleep and doesn't wake up. Um, yeah. But yeah. you know, I, I was listening to your your um, eloquence there, and and you know, there's so much you and I absolutely agree on. Um, I'm not. It's not that I'm anti-Republican. Don't get me wrong. I'm pro-American. I'm pro-Constitution. I just decided to take a different route here, and I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not that big of a party guy. I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm not one of those libertarians that thinks we need anarchy. I'm more of a. Did you Did let's... you know about the Oregon Libertarian podcast on the network on Colin? Oh yeah, no, that? I have actually been on there a couple of times. Will Hobbs and I are are, are chatty friends on Discord and um, stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with that. I actually also have my own little tiny podcast i'm starting we just did our first live broadcast on saturday um called the libertarian mindset um oh cool but, i'm i'm so um, libertarian but i feel like um I feel well and, and it's it's right an interesting now. my uh, the libertarian uh not to advertise but i'm going to advertise um the libertarian mindset you can find it everywhere it's on you know uh youtube and and uh, spotify and and apple etc uh, it's, you know, we're on our 10th or 11th episode there. We did our first live episode with call in, um, Saturday and Tuesday of this week or uh, Monday of this week. Um, and you know, that went pretty well. So we're going to do more call in shows, but I just wanted to say, I'm with you on the whole idea that we really need to, you know, be pushing for our rights and freedoms, because as you pointed out, the government does not have our best interest involved. They have their most control involved. And, you know, whether it's medicine or anything else that they control, it really is, you know, I got it. There's my two cents worth. I agree with you in the fact that we need to make sure we keep the government out of it. And when it comes to medicine, you know, your private business is your private business and that's all there is to it. So with that, I'll take my two cents and go away. Thanks for having me. No, no, she, I'm a pretty lonely voice. Usually I'm surrounded and flanked by, you know, they're, they're relatively civil uh, leftists, but they are leftists. They, they want to, to preach to me on gentrification and uh, getting more subsidies for farming and, you know, the, those sorts of things. And, and it's not, it's not a, a fun show for me at that point. I just want you to know that it's not, it's not a pleasure cruise <laughs> for me to be in a room full of so I mean, yeah. anytime bring like an army of libertarians and, and come come love Bobby, please do so. Well, it gets and lonely. I've been checking checking with some check, checking in with some of my local farmers, and you know they're not really jazzed about the subsidies either, even though they often have to take them in order to make a profit. Yeah. Um, because of the way the market is, not because they want to. But it's like, you know, they have to give up control of their farm and, you know, show me a yes. farmer and I'll show you generally. An yeah, the government always wants for the public's dollar. That's that's true. Uh, if you money, they are definitely going to want a piece of something from you in exchange. And not
the the produce or the profits or whatever comes of a bale, you know, they're going to want a piece, like, you know, a pound of flesh of something. And so that's one of the reasons why I heavily discourage people from doing business with the government uh, on a routine basis. Even though I'm doing the most insane thing that I've ever done in my entire life trying to apply to work for the government, local government. But I've never applied to work for the government, ever. Um, I feel like if I don't get in there now, it's possible that I'll lose future and I've just got to stay as engaged as possible. The, the work seems to be piling up and getting harder as the years plot on. Um, it, the, the workload is not going lower. It just, it just is steeping and more people are trying to, to kind of answer the call to liberty. But I, I think that a lot of people just don't know what to do. So I think if by by just getting involved, I think you can learn a lot. Um, can you share with us before I get out of here one one true thing that you've learned by staying engaged with the process recently? I I really think that I'm seeing I'm seeing a shift from politics to culture, um, mm-hmm. where people want to talk about culture more, and I really think that is the secret, because. You know, let's take Pennsylvania for what did what did they elect in Pennsylvania? They elected a guy who can't talk or can't listen, literally by his own admission, and a dead guy. And um, no, that happened. The dead guy you know, get elected. That's what, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, those. I'm not being. I'm not being hyperbolic. No, I saw. Um, it. You know, Tony DeLuca. It's real. Tony DeLuca passed away a month ago, and they elected him anyway. Um, handily. I mean, like seventy five percent of the vote, right? It wasn't just a, just a squeaker. It wasn't a squeaker. But I, I really think that if we can figure out how to get people out of the noisy room where they're all shouting together in unison and start trying to sing in more harmony, you know, where we can uh, you know, listen to each other and be able to engage with each other. Sure, my beliefs, I know, I know there's a lot, a lot of people who, who in the Libertarian Party right now who probably point at me and tell me what a terrible Libertarian I am. But at least we're engaging and we're talking and it's always civil. And I think that's a good start. And if we can get that out in the world where civil conversation is had mm-hmm. and people can learn from one another instead of just be in the noise, there is where I think the solution is. But the question is whether or not we can do it. Pennsylvania proof people don't listen to anything. They vote in, their, in that state. They vote D. That's what they mm-hmm. did. They voted D. And I don't want to tell anybody to vote anywhere. I want you to vote for something that will do some good. Yeah. I mean, I find that the libertarians are, are more, and they're, you know, they're accused of being an intellectual ivory tower class, but you know, at least they, at least they're investigating based on the things that motivate them. And I know that that's, that's how most people used to vote. They used to vote their conscience. They used to find issues that, animated their their sense of of civic duty or civic valor so to speak like the things that they want to fight for uh the things that they want to see happen in their communities rather than um you know well here is a a barrage of issues and here you you lack character if you don't obey this polity you know that 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 doesn't seem to be public service to me that seems to be dogma 
And so it's, it's inherently unattractive when it becomes that, you know, a series of ad hominem attacks and it shoes away a lot of people. Most people don't go anywhere near politics. It's, it's a toxic environment to begin with, but you know, lucky for all of us, I have a high tolerance to toxic environments, not completely intolerant, but just a high tolerance. So, um, you for joining the unsanctioned citizen you're welcome to come anytime we're gonna wrap it up it's been 40 minutes charlie uh don't be a good peasant be utterly revolt